It's my last message today uh, on head games. Message number six. Uh, I literally could probably go another four, six messages easy. There's so much that the Bible has about this, but um, I'm going to stop and we're going to go on to something else next week, which I'm very excited about as well. But uh, head games, and today uh, I want to talk about your mindset again. I want to talk about mindset matters. Mindset matters. And uh, we're going to take our scripture that we've launched from every week uh, and, and go from here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. Though we walk in the flesh, in the natural, we don't war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of strongholds. We are destroying speculations or reasonings and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This passage tells us a lot of things, but the the concept that we've been building on for these past few weeks is this idea that we all have thoughts that turn into our reasonings that eventually become our strongholds. And whatever started as just a small thought uh, could eventually move into you reasoning why this happens or that doesn't happen or why this works for you or doesn't work for you or why this is happening in the world. And all of us have, have got these reasonings that have developed inside of us that have become our strongholds. Those strongholds can be positive or could be negative. So you could have developed a thought that turned into a reasoning that turned into a stronghold of rejection or a stronghold of poverty, or a stronghold of contention, where you just can't get along. You can't, you can't play team. You can't be part of anything. Uh, and some people have built those kind of strongholds, and it, and it pushes them to a place where they, they end their life, or they, they, as they get along in years, they end up in this isolation mode that God never intended for them. And then you could also uh, take your thoughts and, and move your reasonings and, and build on the Word of God and have have the strongholds of joy or peace or love or blessing or favor that would be the things that, that navigate your life. The Bible says, take every thought captive. Take, bring it into the obedience of Christ. Factor in what God wants, what God thinks, what God says, and factor in God's uh, infinite capacity to do something great in your life. So often we're not thinking about what we're thinking about. So our mind is drifting into, you know, our mind is sort of like, have you ever spent an hour surfing from one YouTube video to another? Has anybody, come on, has anybody ever done that? All right, some of you, if you haven't raised your hand, you've never been on YouTube. But it's just so easy to just this, and then it goes, this recommended for you, and this another recommended for you, and all of a sudden, you started out, you know, looking at something that had to do with a sports clip from your, your favorite athlete, and you turned into why the Illuminati is taking over the planet, and it's like, 
I don't know, how did my, how did I end up on this? <laughs> I don't even want to watch this. <laughs> why, why is this happening? And that's exactly what happens in your head. You start thinking, and if you don't take your thoughts captive, they, they roll into the Illuminati. So just <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> it's out there now. Trains of thought take you places, and you got to realize that. So today I want to I wanna, uh, kind of talk a little bit more about mindsets because of the power of it. Romans 8, verse 5 and 6 says, those who are according to the flesh, uh, according to the natural, or even according to sinful desires, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For the mindset, everybody say mindset. The mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. So what the Bible is telling us is that there is a possibility that you could tune in to a particular station. And I've talked about this a lot over the years. You could tune into classical music or country music or rock music or whatever station. And it's a possibility for every one of us to tune into flesh, natural, natural desires, natural try to figure it out, natural strength, or you could tune into spirit. And you tune into your spirit. You tune into the Holy Spirit. You, turn in, you tune into the spiritual realm. You tune into spiritual thoughts. The mind that is set on the spirit, the mindset on the spirit, the Bible says, is life and peace. There's the Greek word zoe for life, God's abundant, dynamic, overcoming the God kind of life. Not just the bios, like existing life, breathing in and out, but God's kind of life. The mindset on the spirit brings you into zoe, and then it says into peace, life and peace. The Hebrew idea behind peace is the word shalom, which you probably have heard that word before. Shalom is when you have somebody come to your house and they fix the dryer and they say, okay, that's 50 bucks, that's 100 bucks, and you, you, you give them the $100 and they write on, in a, in a Hebrew society, they write shalom. The bill is paid in full. And the concept of peace is not just the absence of conflict, the concept of peace is that there is the abundance of resources that's greater than the conflict. You know, if you get a $20 uh, bill in the mail and you ha are broke, you don't have a lot of peace. If you get a $20 bill in the mail and you have a thousand bucks in your checking account, you have a lot of peace because you've got an abundance of resources to meet the need that comes. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is when there's something greater inside of you than the conflict that's outside of you. So the Bible says that when you're living out of your spirit, when you are living a life that's full of life, and full of peace. You are in this zoe shalom zone. 
And when your mind is set that way, when you've tuned in to your spirit, you begin to, you hold those thoughts in your mind and the, the way you think about stuff, the pattern of thinking that you have, you keep tuning in. You set your mind to your spirit that you're listening and realizing that you, you know things in your spirit that your head hasn't caught up with yet and your head hasn't figured it out, but in your spirit, you know that God is at work in this thing. You know you've got a promise from God. You know that God's going to work it out. You know it in your spirit. Your head can't calculate it yet. Your calculator can't calculate it yet. The numbers aren't on a piece of paper, but somehow in your spirit, you know. You're listening to your spirit. You're listening to the Holy Spirit. You're tuned in to the fact that there is actually a spirit realm. And it is never my desire to create some kind of hyper-spiritual people who can't think. I'm saying I want your thinking to be in touch with what's going to give you life and what's going to give you peace. You get to choose whether you will walk in life or walk in death. You get to choose by what you tune into, your spirit or your flesh. Deuteronomy 30 says this, I call heaven and earth uh, to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse, so choose life. Everybody say choose. Choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. One of the first things that all of us have to stop and realize that is if we are going to succeed in life, we have to take responsibility for our own life. My peace is not contingent on your cooperation. Amen. Amen. My joy is not dependent on who is or isn't the president. My flourishing is not dependent on the economy of Asheville. That's all stuff that's outside of me. And I know when I, you know, whenever I, when somebody, somebody first hears this idea that it's your responsibility to be happy, it's your responsibility to walk in peace, it's your responsibility to worship God, to follow after God, to serve God. You can make up every excuse in the world out there, but the reality is you get to choose. It's your choice. And things are never going to change enough out there for you to walk in life and walk in peace. That has to come from within you. Your best life is coming from within you. Jesus talked about this idea that, that when the when the inside is right, the fruit becomes right, right? Matthew 12, 33, Jesus says, either make the tree good, then its fruit will be good, or make the tree bad, its fruit will be bad. For the tree is known 
by its fruit. So what I like about this idea is that in the natural, you can't change a tree. If it's an apple tree, it's an apple tree. And I think the mistake a lot of people make is they keep wanting to call something an apple tree, but it keeps producing oranges. If, you know, you know, they say, if, if somebody shows you what they are like, believe them. Because if oranges keep showing up, they're an orange tree. But I just want to thank God that by his grace, he can turn an orange tree into an apple tree. He, he can turn, come on, he, he can for all of us. So we can change. Verse 35, Jesus says this, the good man brings out of his good treasure what's good, what's inside. The evil man brings out of his evil treasure what's evil. And I'm saying to you that life and peace, zoe and shalom, are spiritual substances that, that they don't just come out of your head. They don't come out of you getting your hands on stuff and trying to control it. It's not your attempts to control or to get things under control that will give you peace. You are not in control. I know sometimes we want to be, but you're not. You're not in control of your spouse. You're not, even, you're not even in control of yourself. You're not in control of the economy. You're not in control of the weather. You're not in control of a lot of things. And a lot of people try to create peace by trying to control. If you want to create chaos in your own soul, try to, the more you try to control, the less peace you have. Uh, you, can, you can create order in your life. That'll give you a little bit of peace. In other words, this is where the keys always go. That's order, and you can control that so that you're already running five minutes behind and you can't find your keys. How I many you know that messes with your peace? It, messes, <laughs> it does mess with your peace. So you can control that, but you can't control life. Peace doesn't come from being in control. Peace doesn't come from trying to control. Peace comes when you know who is in control. And it's just important to recognize that that who is not you. 
And once we, once we recognize that God is in control, I am not in control, and I am tuned in, my spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spiritual realm, it, it's, it's as simple as this to be spiritually minded. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's simple. Focus your mind on your spirit. And your spirit is going to be in touch with things that are so for you, it's going to be amazing. If you, if you get a chance to choose between life and peace or death, how many of you would say this is the positive, that's the negative? In other words, a spiritual life is a positive life. A negative life is not necessarily a spiritual life. A, you can have a positive mindset or a negative mindset. You'll never live a positive life with a negative mindset. And you get to choose what your mindset is going to be. You get to choose how you frame it, how you see it. Do you see it from a positive angle or do you see it from a negative angle? Come on, you, come, parents, do you see your kids from a positive angle or a negative angle? Kids, do you see your parents from a positive angle or a negative angle? Do you see your church from a positive angle? How could you not? Or a negative angle? Philippians 4 says, finally, brethren, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's of good repute, if there's any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Get a mindset on positive, on true, on honorable, on right, on pure, on lovely, on excellence. You don't overcome sin by focusing on sin. Because I mean, you know, the more you focus, you got that thing that's just tough for you. And the more you focus on it, the more it seems to have its grip on you. You don't overcome sin by fighting sin. You overcome sin by the abundance of life that comes up. You... You don't walk in a great life or you don't walk in great peace by trying to get control. And I love this passage because it's, it's telling, it's instru- it isn't saying don't think about white monkeys. It's saying here's what I want you to think about. Here's, here's the direction I want you to set your mind. So I want to look at, a, at a, a story in the Bible that gives us the profound impact that mindset really matters. The 12 spies have been sent out into the promised land by Moses, and they are coming back with their report. And I want to pick this story up. I've got a few verses to read, but I want us to see something here. Numbers 13, verse 27, thus they told Moses... We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey. 
And this is its fruit. And the Bible records in other places that they brought back these enormous grapes that with them. So they're saying, this is the future. This is what God has said is our, our promised land. This is where we want to go. It looks awesome. It's awesome out there. <laughs> it's, it's great out there in the future. Nevertheless, which is not a word that we use very much, we've just shortened it to but. Right? So when somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor Kirk, I just want you to know, I love you, but I just erased everything that came before their big but and understand they're about to show their They're nevertheless. <laughs> so he says, we're looking at this incredible future that we've got this vision for, that God's promised us, this place that we know in our spirit he wants us to go. We know it's what God's called us for, but nevertheless, the people who live in that land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. So he's saying, the future looks great, but there's giants and walls. Welcome to the path to your future. Your future, you have a dream of it, you have a vision of it, you have a passion for it, but I can just tell you right now, there's giants and there's walls that are standing in the way of you getting there. And the mindset that you have concerning those walls and those giants and that flowing milk and honey, the promise and the obstacles, the mindset that you have determines whether you get to enter into God's best or not. And when I'm saying mindset matters, I'm saying mindset really matters. This isn't just a matter of, oh, you should be positive. Oh, you should be negative. No, I'm talking about your life moving into everything that the heart of God has, or your life going backwards because of the wrong mindset. So, verse 29, Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. You know, when you start making up excuses, <laughs> you just come up with all kinds of stuff. Like, you just start, you start seeing everybody's a giant, everything's a wall, everything's against you, everything. There's so many ites out there. It's like, there's just so many things, so many people, so much stuff. Then, verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up 
and take possession of it. For we will surely overcome it. That's a mindset. Verse 31, the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people. They're too strong for us. So here you have these two people, two camps, Joshua and Caleb, the 10 other spies, each one looking at exactly the same opportunity, exactly the same obstacles, and one of them going, we can do this. I don't know how, but I think we can. God has said we can. God's made a promise. I've seen the future. I've got a vision for it. I think we can do this. That's a mindset. There's another one that says, I see the same future. I see the same opportunity. But the obstacles become bigger than the opportunity. So they gave out to the sons of Israel, verse 32, a bad report of the land which they'd spied out. The land which we've gone uh, in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. All the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. Therefore also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, <laughs> Would that we had died in the land of Egypt. You could die trying to take the land, but they want to die in slavery. Anybody hearing me today? Would that we had died in the land of Egypt. Would that we had even died in this wilderness. Now all of a sudden it's, it's the Lord's fault. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? It's a mindset. Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's appoint us a leader who will go backwards. We don't like this leader who's saying, go forward. Let's, get, let's elect a new leader that'll take us backwards. Here's Israel coming out of slavery in Egypt, and they're given a promise from God and a promised land from God, and God has given them this ground-taking, city-conquering call and anointing. He's given them a future to aim towards, but they, instead of seeing themselves as, we can overcome, we can do this, God will help us, they maintained that slave mentality. So they were in a different location, but their heads were still slaves. Their, their mindset was still slaves. 
They still stayed grasshoppers in their own mind. The call was there. The promise was given. The future was in sight. I mean, they saw it. But their own mindset trapped them. It was never God's heart for them to go back. It was never God's intention for them to go back. But there's these two prevailing ideas. One said, we should by all means go up and give this a go. And then there's another mindset that said, we're not able. They awful big. We awful small. Maybe we should just park it right here. Or maybe we should actually go back to Egypt. Go back. Slavery was no fun. But at least we had built a mindset that could cope with it. I think to understand the power of mindset, you got to understand, you got to hang around with the right people. It's usually about 10 to 2, the people that are no, don't have the, let's go give it a go, let's give it a try, I believe in you, I believe in God, I believe in the call, I believe you can do it. That's 2. And there's 10 that are like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe we should go back. I think I'd rather hang out with Joshua and Caleb. And it's always funny how when people see a big future and then get focused on giants and walls, they start romanticizing the past. Maybe Egypt wasn't that bad. Maybe slavery wasn't that bad. What is your mindset to? Go back? Go forward. What is your mindset to? Your spirit? Or your flesh? And again, I just want to remind you, how do you become a spirit man? It's not some kind of spooky thing. It's just tune in. Tune into your spirit. Tune into the Holy Spirit. Tune into the spirit realm. Tune into spirit words, spirit ideas. Some of you right now are hearing me say this, and your spirit is going, yes! That's your spirit. Even though you can't figure out how is this going to happen? There's something in you that is going, yes, I believe. Hey, I want us to finish this up. I want us to say a few things together. Come on, I just want to, want to prime the pump for you. So I want everybody to say these with me. Ready? Let's say it together. I'm going to rise up by the power of the Holy Spirit to increase and not just maintain. 
to be generous and not stingy, to live and not just exist, to prosper and not fail, to forgive and overlook faults, to live an abundant life, not a small life, to be creative and not stale, to go forward and not go back, to be a spirit man and not a flesh man. Come on, anybody with me on this? Amen. Amen. I want to pray today. I want you to bow your heads, if you would, please, and close your eyes. And I just want to take this last few moments together. Maybe you're here today, and you have never actually just submitted your heart to Jesus to invite him in to be the Lord of your life. And I would love to pray with you and agree with you. And let's, let's, let's see that move into reality. Maybe you're here today and there was a point in your life where you used to be close to the Lord, closer than you are now, and you realize that I have let things slip. I'm not where I want to be, where I could be, where I should be. No condemnation on that. Nothing, nothing like heavy. It's just a great day to come back home and to put your life again into the hands of God. Maybe you're here today and you just feel unsure about where you really stand. I would love to pray with you today. If any of those calls to your heart, you've never given your life to Christ, or you've slipped away and then you know it's time to come home, or you feel unsure, and you say, Pastor, I, I, that's, what, that's, that's where I want to move forward in my life. Would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand right now all over this room and say, I want to give my life to Christ. God bless you. God bless you. I want to come back. God bless you. I want to make sure I'm right. God bless you all over the room. Thank you. Just, just raise your hand real high. Just be bold for a minute. Nobody's looking around, but I just want to see. Thank you so much. Hands all over the room. Come on. We just want to, you know what? I always say this, but this is not a call for you to get your act together. This is a call for you to surrender, <laughs> to recognize that you need God in your life. Is there anybody else that says, yeah, that's me. God bless you. That's me. I just, I, I just want to go there. I want to go there. Father, thank you for every person in this room. Thank you for dreams. Thank you for vision. Thank you for a future and a purpose that you have ordained for each one of us individually and even for us as a church, God. Our spirit says yes. Our spirit says we're able to go up and take possession of the promise you've given us. I want to I lead us in a prayer today. This is mainly for everyone who lifted their hand, but I would love for everybody to say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart, I open my life to your love and your Lordship. I need you, I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I give my life to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord for his grace, his goodness? 
Amen.